Hello and welcome to Europhoria, a podcast about the great, glam and garish from Eurovision past. Um, as ever, I am joined by the brilliant Isabel <laughs> Chilman. Hello, Isabel. Thank you very much for that lovely intro. Hi. Uh, how have you been this week? I'm very excited mm. all week long because of <laughs> Eurovision. You decide. Uh, which happened about three days ago now. That's correct, isn't it? Two. Two days ago now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Roland's uh, really good at maths. <laughs> um, so this is, uh, you may be thinking, having clicked download on this podcast, that, oh, is it a Thursday? No, it's not a Thursday. Um, it's either a Monday or a Tuesday, depending on uh, how much, uh, how late I had to stay up uh, tonight <laughs> editing it. Um, but we're putting this out as a little bonus, uh, Brucey bonus episode, um, because um, on Friday night, Eurovision, you decide happened, and you decided. Um, <laughs> as ever with our smaller episodes, as this will be a smaller uh, episode, um, we're not going to down a whole bottle of red. So instead, we have a lovely can of gin and diet tonic. Yay, my favourite uh, cans of gin and tea. Should we do a, a dual crack open? Okay, three, two, one. Ooh, Ooh in stereo. <laughs> so, um,. With this episode, we're just going to basically go through. Um, we yeah, so we went on Friday night um, because wonderful Roland here got us tickets as my Christmas present. Yay. Yay. Uh, and it was incredible. So Friday night, Eurovision, you decide. I head over to Hammersmith, get there a little bit earlier than before it starts. So I headed to the Hop uh, Hop Pole pub, mm. which was we saw online, which is where all the Eurovision fans are going to be going beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You was... What? You were wearing your uh, fabulous jacket. Oh my God, such a fabulous jacket. Well, I had on my fabulous jumpsuit and uh, also my fabulous sequin jacket that I was given for Christmas. Which very fabulous. It, just fabulous is the word for it really, isn't it? And I was stood at the bar for all of 30 seconds before someone went, are you going to Eurovision tonight? <laughs> like, yes, I am. How could you guess? Uh, and it was a lovely man named Brian who was um, very welcoming and invited me to sit with him and his friends as soon as he told me that those two friends had, uh, well, they not only were all big Eurovision fans, but had in fact been to Eurovision live, been to the final on more than one occasion Amazing. in Sweden. I clearly jumped at the chance and sat down with them. Very quickly became very humbled <laughs> by the other Eurovision fans in terms of Eurovision knowledge. Uh, they just knew everything yeah. and they'd been to the the live finals twice yeah. and it was so wonderful. They were so welcoming and just told us so much stuff when Roland got there later and came and joined us and they just explained everything about the finals and what it's like and being there live and especially a Swedish final because as we all know, they do it the best. They do it, they do it brilliantly. Uh, they, yeah, they were saying how much of a festival it is and it's just day in, day out, just hanging out with Eurovision fans and other Euro nerds. So we are to go now yes definitely. absolutely it made us want to go even more so then I joined the party had a little sit down that's when it got rubbish <laughs> <laughs> came in told a joke went down like a lead balloon I walked out again uh, no 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 so I joined in and the conversation turned to that night didn't it and, yeah. and who we thought out of the six contestants uh, would win now um, throughout the night like a true podcast nerd I had my little phone out recording bits of conversation that we were having proper little journey uh, aren't you so yeah, apparently so so uh, we uh, spoke to Matt um, who was Matt Baker not of Blue Peter not fame not of Blue Peter fame 
a but better Matt Baker. A better Matt Baker. <laughs> um, so we asked him a couple of questions and we got it on um, uh, on my little recording. Shall we have a little listen to the questions and what he said? So Matt, as a uh, storied uh, Eurovision veteran, uh, nothing to do with age, just to do with the <laughs> amount of visits to Eurovision you've done, who is your prediction for the uh, Eurovision you decide tonight? Tonight, I think Lucy Jones will win. It's not necessarily my personal favourite, but she will win. So do you, who, who's your personal favourite? My personal favourite is, uh, is it uh, Olivia. Olivia Garcia? Yeah, the 16 year old. Yep. Yeah. I, th- I think uh, the song is the best song of the bunch, but I think the stage will eat her up. She's too young, it's going to be too much for her. Although I would love to be proved wrong. I'd love to be proved wrong. So, and do you think Olivia would, would give the UK their best chance for victory or getting high up in the scoreboards at Eurovision? Of the six songs, yes, but I don't think any of the six songs are good enough to do that, what you just described. But uh, but I'm, it's a positive thing, you know. I think the BBC have uh, thought about the types of songs that do well at Eurovision and decided to put a selection together that reflects that. Are the songs good enough? No, I don't think so, but they're on the right track and continue every year, you know, year upon year, if they continue like this, the reputation of Eurovision will go up, the music industry will start thinking, oh, maybe this is a good thing to get involved in, and so the right and talent will get attracted to the, the process. Uh, so Matt Baker there, uh, predicting the uh, how the night would go, and I think... It was spot on. <laughs> was spot- well, I think maybe um, he was spot on about the winner, but yeah. we'd, we'd said the same thing, that we thought that Lucy was going to get through, mm. but we didn't want her to. So yeah. I was with Matt on this, that I actually preferred Olivia's song. Yeah. Um, but I thought that Lucy would probably go through and that's what happened in yeah. the end. Spoiler yeah. alert, guys, yeah. Lucy Jones won. <laughs> but I, it, Matt wasn't, I don't think Matt was specific, was right about the stage eating Olivia up. No, no. I think she performed very competently. Yeah. Maybe she was too young. We discussed this in the last podcast about young performers. That doesn't seem to be the theme at the moment yeah. with Eurovision winners. It's yeah. They seem to be older and more mature performers. And I think that if Olivia's song had been given to an older more mature performer yeah it would potentially have done better i think it could have been performed better i don't think the stage ate her up she did fantastically absolutely but potentially it would have been better with someone else so i mean and we'll we'll take as it. would a lot of the songs though i think absolutely. a lot of the ones in this year would have been better with an old performer uh, yeah yeah i think you're right um so let's move on and we'll, we'll go into a little bit more about our thoughts and feelings about the performers uh, as as we go through yep so after our drinks at the hop and pole uh hot pole we hot pole? Hot pole, I guess. Hot pole. The hot mm. pole. It was just a pub. It wasn't how it sounds. Yeah. Uh, we walked around the corner to the Eventim Apollo in Hammersmith and entered uh, the wonderful scenery that was the Eurovision You Decide set up by the BBC. Oh, it was so good. Uh, and we have Isabel's immediate reaction uh, to the to surroundings <laughs> on audio, captured by me, podcast nerd. Here oh, we go. Geez. So we are right by the um, judges' chairs. So there is a separate section in front of the stage which has three red chairs, as yet empty, as we're waiting for the famous judges to arrive. And on the main stage, it just looks like bloody Eurovision. There's all the branding and big hearts and lots of lights, and they're playing Mons, heroes of the moment. And there's lots of very excited Euro fans, mainly me, the most excited one. Uh, oh my god, it's so good, I can't wait. <laughs> 
clearly very excited there, Isabel. Just a tad. I don't show it. I really try to hide my emotions as, as best as possible. Yeah, I was screeching. I was just, I was shaking with excitement. It was so great. And we positioned ourselves quite well right in front of the judges' chairs. Uh, I want it to be as close to Sophia Lispector's <laughs> face as possible. But, be- but before anything actually kicked off uh, for the live TV event, we had a really special uh, panel, didn't we? Just yeah. for us in the audience. There was um, a lovely little Q&A that happened beforehand with the wonderful Jon Ola, mm-hmm. uh, the head of the EBU, oh. head of Eurovision, Eurovision chief god that the he Eurovision is. Dream Very absolutely sexy man that he is. So smiley and wonderful <laughs> too. There were several points during the Q&A where Israel just whispered to me saying, he's so sexy. <laughs> It's because A, he is just a sexy man, and B, he has all that power of Eurovision. (laughs) Oh, you can smell it on him. Yeah, he's gorgeous. Although I did find it a little bit annoying. People kept calling him John. John. That's definitely not his name. I'm pretty sure Scott Mills called him John at one point. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But people kept calling him John, and I was like, is. There's Jon. Jon. Definitely Jon, guys. He's Scandinavian. Like, come on, let's get this right. It's me, Jon, the head of the EBU. <laughs> John Erla Sands. That's me, guys. Yeah, that was a bit annoying. But there was also the beautiful oh, Alexander Ryback, yeah. who hasn't aged a goddamn day since he won Eurovision. It's insane. He still has the exact same face. There was a great tweet I saw that, was, that said something like, uh, Alexander Ryback doesn't age because every... Uh, every full moon he sacrifices a violin to the gods or something which is wonderful but he hasn't aged or he looks exactly the same very cheery very smiley lots of fun Um, and then there was Nikki of <laughs> the one that we wrote off yeah, at the, like, sorry about that. she's very beautiful episode. but um, not that bothered sorry no, she, I mean she was fine but so they, they yeah, gave lovely. a Q&A there was lots of interesting stuff Yon, there were lots of questions to Yon about if it'll expand to other countries yeah. and, uh, and sort of what the plan is for Eurovision in terms of developing it he didn't give that many answers he said that they're open to ideas and they're yeah. always looking to get this to the biggest audience they can so you know the fact that last year was the first time that it was broadcast in America mm-hmm. was interesting on the logo channel I think it was um, and I'm sure you know if Australia can join then lots of other countries could potentially join yeah um, so lots of interesting stuff nothing truly groundbreaking and it was just nice seeing Alexander Ryback's youthful mm. youthful face so beautiful. cheeky winky face uh, so then the lights dimmed <laughs> the cameras got turned on <laughs> And it began. Oh, it was uh, so good. The six contestants walked out on stage and we saw their nervous, nervous faces. They all were exactly... The, literally, the first thing I said was, they're all exactly the same height. It was really weird. All of them exactly yeah, the same height. They were quite cookie cutter, weren't they, in terms oh, of like good-looking, yeah. uh, smiley stagey kind of people I suppose that's what you have to be you do, you do there was nothing yeah they all looked quite generic lined up in a row yeah. but very beautiful nonetheless yeah. um, and it was all hosted by the wonderful Mel Goodrich oh, who she's just a gem and a half isn't she absolutely brilliant. clearly loves Eurovision yep. was singing along to all the songs in between shots and when the cameras were off and they were playing Eurovision music to get the crowd going she knew all the lyrics yep. she bloody loved all of it yep. she can, she's the perfect person for, the, for that job yeah yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, so, but let's get into it. Let's get into the singers. So, first up was Holly, with actually a, a fairly, for me, surprisingly strong performance. Um, it, it was. She kicked off the show really well. Really well. She absolutely nailed all of her. Yeah, it, well, from in the crowd anyway, yeah. live there. 
really strong performance really and, good and what we said uh, last week about um actually the live performance will really determine what we really think of them yeah for me she did her performance and i thought much more of the song and of her yeah. singing ability than i did listening to the studio recording not necessarily the case for all of the people who performed that no. night but holly um i think i think did the best she could have possibly done that night yeah definitely i think yeah she nailed it so there were a particularly screamy bunch of fans just to the <laughs> left, left of us on this stage. Yeah. And um, we basically worked out that they were a bunch of uh, friends. <laughs> all of Holly's friends. Uh, all of much, Holly's friends. With a big banner saying, vote for Holly. So, so Doing their bit for, to support their buddy, which was great. So again, uh, podcast nerd Roland came out <laughs> and uh, got my Raving phone Raving reporter Roland Bodnam. <laughs> and I decided to talk to them. So we have a little clip here from Bethan. <laughs> One of Holly's friends. You guys are friends with Holly? Yes. Yeah, our best in school. So yeah. how, how did she do just then? Amazing. Yeah. Well, we knew she would anyway. Yeah. She's so talented. Like amazing vocals. Uh, yeah, like incredible. So it, she does this stuff quite a lot. Obviously, is this like one of the biggest stages she's been on? Or yeah, I mean, she gigs. That is her. That is yeah. her job. But yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah. is something really special for her. So I'm praying that she wins because she deserves it. We know that she didn't win, did she? Oh, but she did. She did do fantastically. Yeah. Um, she should be she should be proud of herself for that performance I think she oh, did really absolutely. well absolutely yeah good work Holly we're proud of you and yeah. Bethan was proud of you and all your friends were if you couldn't see them in the audience they were bloody rooting for you we were all very aware they were, they were yeah. big supporters of you so, so much so that at one point Isabel had to swap sides with me so I would be like a wall between them and her but that's fine you know they were enthusiastic and that's okay uh, so moving on next up was Daniel <sighs> Yes. Now, Isabel, before you give judgment here, I, I managed to capture your immediate Oh, God, thought. I forgot what I said. <laughs> After Daniel's performance, so we're just going to play this right now. I don't know who did the styling of him and the dancers, but what they look like just a bunch of knobheads on a night out in Clapham. <laughs> who wears a polo neck on stage in Eurovision? I mean, come on. Well, that's not acceptable. I feel like... I Too many faces. I feel like if you won, they might get a more budget for a, a bit more costume. Oh, God, let's bloody well hope so. They need to glam that up. It looked awful. Everyone's going to be very polite. He did a very um, nice it performance. Was it, it was, was fine, but it's not a Eurovision entry. I mean, come on, guys. Let's, that's not Daniel's fault, but I do blame many other people. <laughs> Harsh words, Isabel. Harsh I'm, words. I'm a horrible human, aren't I? No, no. Well, it wasn't very... We were stood next to... So everyone stood around us was... Everyone was, was super friendly and chatting to each other and people were giving their own little crits of what was going on and yeah. nattering to each other in the crowd. And no one seemed very impressed by it. He was making a lot of very expressive faces, but yeah. that ended up being quite distracting. So it ended up being all that people were talking about. They're like, oh, more faces. It's very faces. It's all about yeah. faces. It and the dancers and him... Jesus, I do agree with that that I just said. <laughs> Whoever dressed them, awful. They just look like, they did just look like a bunch of townies on a night out. <laughs> Beige and brown, like polo necks and black. And brown and black, you just don't mix them. We all know that. No. Come on, that's an old basic. <laughs> I think I think you're right. And I think, the, again, the opposite of, uh, for me, from what uh, Holly's performance was, in that I really like Daniel's uh, studio recording version. Yeah. And yet on stage, it really... Fell flat. flat. Yeah. Um, he, his face is, again, his face has made me feel like he was nervous and that was his way of dealing with the nerves, was making yeah. funny faces at the audience. And it kind of really took you out of the moment. It yeah. didn't feel like he 
owned the stage despite him probably being one of the ones that moved around the stage the most um so he's a lovely man and he like you say has does have a great voice but it's the performance that really counts and for that it it didn't work um so next up was lucy jones yes it was winner of the night and lucy as we'd kind of discussed earlier with some of the other eurovision fans part of the reason why we predicted she would probably win is that she is not only i think the most famous in terms of x factor mm-hmm. but also she has had a successful career since then and she's been in the west end yep. she has this huge welsh following yep. kind of is well known throughout all reality tv shows if there's voting that if you are from ireland or you are from wales and you are competing you have that whole country yeah, yeah, they're behind you. for you. Yeah. They're behind you. So you're going to do a lot better. Yeah. For me, she she did own it. She yeah. was very professional. Yeah. She did... Note perfect. Note perfect. Uh, and was, you know, had the audience in their hand in terms of she was giving the emotion. Mm-hmm. And, and I think being really close to the stage, uh, really close to her, it might have felt a little bit over the top sometimes. I think mm-hmm. the same when you're in theatre is because they're projecting to the people yeah. right at the back. So when you see her and she looks like she's about to burst into tears from the back and from the cameras, it just looks like she's sad yeah. or emotional. So I think being that close, it was a little, a little bit like, less so than Daniel, a little bit like, yeah. oh, she's making quite a bold big, face there big face making a big deal out of this yeah. isn't she <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that probably translated really well to the whole back of the yeah. audience but also to the TV when I was on Pointless <laughs> okay. before we went on the um, the the people working the, the runners and the researchers mm. that we were working with us told said, <laughs> said to me one of my all time favourite phrases which was so you know how they always say that the camera adds £10 well actually it adds 10 frowns <laughs> <laughs> Which well, at the time, me in a room of 20 other people, I was the only person that laughed at that. And I don't understand why, because it was hilarious. But that's because you do, if you look just neutral on TV, it comes across as miserable yeah, or grumpy yeah, yeah. or sad. Yeah. So you are encouraged to look a bit more over the top yeah. because it translates a lot better yeah. on TV. So I, yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah. Maybe to us, it looked a bit much, yeah. but that translates onto TV as perfect amount yeah exactly and yeah. she knew that and that's yeah that's also why i think you know on reflection a lot of people who were leaving that night who we spoke to uh, who may not necessarily have wanted her to win actually said you know what she's probably the best person for it because yeah. she'll go on that stage and she'll look down that lens and she'll communicate directly into the homes of all those millions of people watching exactly i think the world could fall in love with lucy jones mm. Um, the song is not the song's not for me the song's a very beautiful ballad it's not for me really I'm not that interested it's not it's not going to go on my Eurovision playlist on Spotify I'll put it that way whereas Freedom Hearts already has (laughs) but uh, I do think that Lucy has the best chance in terms of making you fall in love with her and from discussing it with other Euro fans when people were saying a lot of people were saying that they really hope that um that the BBC and Lucy and the publicity ham up the fact that she's Welsh yeah. rather than English because maybe people will like People her love more. Welsh. Everyone loves the Welsh. Everyone Welsh loves really the Welsh. Do. And the English don't have the best language. reputation in Europe. No, which I also back that opinion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely ham up yeah. that she's Welsh. Yeah. Definitely ham up For that sure. she's got 
beautiful little poppy eyes yeah. and is singing an emotional song and is barefoot whilst doing it. And, and as I said to you, barefoot won the competition two years yeah. running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lorene yeah. and Emily. Yeah. He was one of the writers of Lucy's songs. Of course, yeah. And maybe, as we discussed the other night, maybe had a hand in the stage, <laughs> staging of it too. <laughs> just get your shoes off, Lucy. They bloody love it. Come on, get just, just be barefoot. And I think the, the um, Emmeline is going to be really helpful as well for the publicity in the lead up to Eurovision. You know, Emmeline won. She's effectively, you know, Eurovision royalty. Yeah, so absolutely. like the interviews and things like that, if, if Emmeline's invested in it, which I hope she will be, and she won't just sort of let it go now, she'll be wanting that song to do well. So she'll make the connections with the people that she knows. And mm-hmm. Lucy can have the important interviews with the people that oh, they yeah, know will get them votes. So I think that that will really help as well. So I think all, as an all round package, yeah. we couldn't really have asked for a better winner Uh, even if the song isn't necessarily to our taste. So um, moving on next to uh, the next act, which was the lovely Olivia. Yeah, Uh, On stage she walked, a little precocious 16-year-old with a shiny dress and her one pocket. precocious in the way that isn't awful. Oh no, in like... Not like like when Dermot (laughs) O'Leary called Justin Bieber precocious on the X Factor and you could tell that he just meant... Oh, no. <laughs> uh, no, she like it was a, her confidence and the ability to go on stage yeah. in front of a million uh, and a half people and perform a, a great song and a, and a great rendition of it. And again, she should be proud of the performance she gave. Oh, so good. And again, where we were positioned in the audience, we just happened to be stood next to Olivia's adorable little sister, Emily, mm. who was without doubt the most nervous person I've ever <laughs> oh, met in my God. entire life. She was the sweetest <laughs> little thing, shaking like a leaf. She just... Uh, oh. So many people around her were like... Everyone like, supporting her. her. Like, oh my God, are you okay? Every single person around us was just caring for her and making sure she's all right. These wonderful women in front of us who were the bonkers and brilliant, amazing Eurovision fans um, just like shoved people out of the way to make sure that Emily could be stood at the front of the stage to listen to her sister and watch her sister perform, which was really wonderful. So uh, she performed, there were flags, there was uh, shiny outfits and it was all an all round great performance. And afterwards, we managed to uh, speak to Emily on uh, my little microphone. Let's have a listen to what she said. With Olivia's sister, um, how do you think her performance just went? I think it went amazing. I think it went really, really well. She smashed it. And what do you think of the outfit? Did she have any part to play in choosing that, do you know? Um, no, I'm not too sure. She had a choice in it, but it, it looked really, really good. She looks fantastic on the main stage. Yeah, it looks really good under the lights as well, very sparkly. And has she been like building up for this for a long time? Like, is this something she's she'd been practicing every single day working as hard as she can she was even on voice rest yesterday she couldn't talk to me at all <laughs> saving her voice for today and if she wins are you going to kiev oh yes definitely Hi. thank you so much it's okay oh, so, oh my god i love that little girl so much she was so wonderful sadly obviously olivia didn't win I, I, maybe they'll go to Kiev anyway. I kind of hope they will <laughs> and have a great so. time. Emily was such a little doll. Thank you so much if you're listening to this, Emily, for yeah. talking to us. Um, we we well, we've been very vocal. We loved Olivia. Yeah. I loved her performance. I do think if that song had maybe gone to a more mature performer, it might have got through. Yeah. But Olivia did so bloody well, and I think she's got a great career. Yeah, ahead of vocally her. she was flawless yeah. and like amazing her range and everything like that. So yeah. I think you know she's she, this was this was a great platform for her again. Um, she was on the X Factor, and I think that she'll keep popping up she's until still so young. Yeah, and, she's got loads more to be able to do. And similarly to Lucy, you could see her in the West End. Yeah. You could see her in musicals, touring. Like I think she's she's going to do great. So, Olivia, we bloody love you, and we wish you all the best for the future. 
yes, best of luck. So, uh, next up was... Nate. Nate. At this point, <laughs> Isabel, you... I think it, <laughs> Isabel needed a little break. Um, so... Do you off... have a clip? <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. I have a roundup at the end. Uh, uh, yeah, so I needed the loo by this point. So I... <laughs> I mean, I waited maybe 30 seconds into the song and then realised that actually I could probably just go to the loo. Yeah. Came back and found out that quite a few people in the audience had decided that was a loo break time as well. <laughs> really sorry, Nate. It was... But no one was particularly enthralled by it. It was that tricky time of night where they'd heard four, uh, they'd heard four songs mm-hmm. and they just needed a break. We'd been standing there for a couple of hours already mm-hmm. and I think... And Nate wasn't really doing enough to make you go, oh, you know what, I'll hold it for another two and a half minutes. It was in, it was interesting, actually, because you went away and... So the song wasn't good at the start, you know, and I don't think it held your attention. I don't think it held many people's attention from no. the very beginning. Actually, vocally, he was one of the strongest. Um, and I began to worry at one point when you were away that his vocals would carry him through oh. and he would win and that you'd have missed the, the winner's <laughs> song effectively because actually his vocals were, again, pretty flawless. And yeah. That could be said for the vast majority of them. He was really strong and he was doing some amazing things with like running the scales with his vocals and everything like that. And it was, his vocals were really beautiful. The song kind of just washed over you. Meh. Yeah, it kind of, it, it was a, I need to go to the bathroom, I need to get another pint from the bar song. Yeah. And 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 what- which is which would at Eurovision translate into no one is no listening. One. No. Like there's so many songs. That's what that's out of six songs. Yeah. When you're competing with almost thirty songs, yeah. you would have forgotten that two songs after it was played. And I think the thing with Eurovision as well is that the ones that are forgettable are the ones that get nil points. Sometimes mm-hmm. the sort of more ridiculous ones yeah, get points for people. For yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if it's like three or four, they'll get that fairly consistently. Whereas, you know, I think that would have just, everyone would have gone, eh? What? What was the UK's one again? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, Nate, great vocals. Sorry about the song. Mm, Uh, So after that was the sixth and final entry, which was Selena, which actually... Went down really bloody well. We this is we discussed this though in terms of we weren't that keen on it the first time we heard it, then we listened to it again and thought, oh, actually, this is quite a great song. Yeah. yeah. Um, And on the night, her performance was incredible. The staging was great. It was really powerful. Everyone was really into it. Everyone in the audience was dancing loads of selena fans surrounding us tons of people really into selena really wanted her to win um but since friday when i was tweeting about it i've actually spoken to a couple of other people who watched it on tv who said that during the chorus although we thought her vocals sounded Mm -hmm. fantastic on tv fell flat a little bit so her vocals didn't come across as strong so maybe all of the backing music and how exciting and upbeat the 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 actual song itself was yeah. distracted us from the fact mm. that her vocals weren't that strong. Yeah. So potentially, I mean, I don't know. I've not watched the. I've not rewatched it on TV no, on on no. iPlayer or anything. Um. Potentially, that's what lost it for her because yeah. there were a lot of Selena fans. There were a lot, and actually, for me, it felt like the one that could translate easiest onto a Eurovision stage because yeah. they had a full dance routine, they yeah. had a full backing dancers. They clearly had quite a lot of time and and money and effort put into the production of the thing, and I could see that on stage. I think I said to you at one point, like I could I could see this on Eurovision stage yeah. really easily. I thought, and I think actually, I tell you what, 
Let's have a little... I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll bloody well tell you uh, what, mate. Let's have a little listen, Isabel, to your immediate roundup after Selena played uh, to see what your thoughts were. I genuinely can't remember any of these being recorded. <laughs> I'd only had two gins. <laughs> let's have a listen. Isabel, six people have performed. Has your opinion changed as to who's on top and who you want to go through? Um, what did I say before? I thought that Lucy would go through. Yeah, that's you what thought I said. You okay. wanted Olivia. So I thought I wanted Olivia, thought it would be Lucy. I now still want Olivia, think it will be Selena. Judging by the audience reaction, everyone in here went crazy for People Selena. People love Selena that's in insane. here. Um, insane. Both of the boys, I think, are duds. Quite a few people were talking about how Nate, bless him, great vocalist, but his song was a nip to the toilet song, yeah. which quite a few of us did. I went yeah. to the bar while it was on, nothing to be missed. Um, I think the girls have really owned it tonight, so one of them is going to be the winner. We will see in about 20 minutes. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, at, at that point, like we said, we thought Selena was... Yeah. It was in the bag for Selena. Yeah. Um, so they lined them all up. Yeah. And Mel got her little card out. Actually, before... <laughs> Alexander Ryback performed. We haven't even discussed <laughs> we that. We haven't discussed that. We haven't discussed bloody Sophie Ellis-Bexter either. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the judges. Sophie Ellis-Bexter with her angel porcelain face. Oh, God. So poised with her notepad, taking it all very seriously. Yeah, she did. Bruno Antonio was just ridiculous but hilarious. <laughs> Jumping up out of his seat all the time. Getting his makeup redid. Yeah. Um, Cece was very vocal I mean you can tell she's a vocal coach yeah. she's very pronunciation is mm. key big <laughs> wide mouth with everything she's saying but she was fabulous yeah. too and Ellis Baxter Ellis Baxter got a couple of boos though with some fair crits one of my favourite tweets as well about uh, about Sophie was that uh, was it said Sophie has mastered the art of avoiding saying something when she doesn't want to say something nice about right, me. yeah <laughs> so I think there were a few things that Sophie decided to say that were not necessarily positive about people but yeah. were probably no doubt fair yeah and maybe there was a judging panel so mm, yeah, I exactly. mean judge and it was great seeing them up close. We were literally feet away from them. And there were points where I just saw Isabel sort of just staring into the face of Sophie Ellis-Bexter. <laughs> kind of... Me and the chap next to me <laughs> were just swooning hugely. And I got a photo with her afterwards yeah, and everything. She's yeah. got a perfect face. My face looks ridiculous on the picture. She looks like an angel. I look, look like a bit of an idiot. But she was wonderful. Yeah. And Alexandra Ivac performed. And, and that we, just, everyone just screamed. Yeah. Everyone Flawless, went crazy. Brilliant. He's just, and oh God. just yeah. great. So, love, love him. So, Mel unveiled the result, and it was to be that Lucy is going to be our Eurovision entry for 2017. As we've already said, it's not a secret. Um, <laughs> she burst into tears and oh, did the. Immediately. Oh, I can't believe you voted for me! <laughs> Which was, you know, beautiful and as it should be. Like, if there were flowers being thrown on stage and she was handed a bouquet, it would have been like. Oh, perfect. that should have happened. I know, I know. Like, I can't believe you. You like me. me. You really <laughs> like me. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, I mean, we've sort of said it all, really. She's a good winner. She's going to do the best she can and yeah. the best that the UK. Yeah. can deliver um, Everyone, the, again the discussion afterwards though was that people thought maybe staging needs to be worked on for yep. the actual Eurovision final because at the moment it does feel like it needs just a bit of a <clears throat> somewhere yeah. somewhere whether that's in are they allowed to change the production of the song yeah they okay, are there's good. been a lot of talk so about maybe that. in the change of the production of the song slightly to give add it a beat. bit more of like a <clears throat> add a yep. beat to it yeah just something just that in the last chorus a final shove through into this is the <laughs> bloody best song you've shove ever shove through into heard. the left hand side of the board exactly just <laughs> shove us onto that left bit 
Um, and in terms of her staging as well, keep the barefoot. I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. Barefoot wins. Yeah. Yeah, Be yeah, yeah. barefoot. Emily knows. Emmeline bloody knows, she knows. doesn't she? she? She knows. She knows. She knows. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, that was the end of the night. Apart from the, the queue for the dressing room and the guy outside who called me uh, extremely fucking shaggable. Wow, was he Which... drunk? <laughs> he was Hey, fantastic. hey. He was, I'm sure he had very clear mind and clear judgment <laughs> when he called me that. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, they were great fun. <laughs> they were bonkers. Yeah, biggest queue for the dressing room ever. And we kept hearing from up at the top where the queue went all the way up to the top of the building to go down to get our bags. We kept hearing screams from down below which is as the other the losing contestants Aww. were coming back out and hugging their and friends and family fa- which was very beautiful to yeah. see and they were all being very cheery and wonderful and all their friends and family being very supportive and they went back back to the hopping pole yep. another drink a bit yep. of a Eurovision natter to some of the fans yeah and off we went and then done it was a it was a bloody good night actually I had so much fun and Eurovision fans are the bloody yeah. best yeah. they're so inviting so welcoming I mean, 90% of the people in that room were just middle-aged gay men. I know. <laughs> who were always just great fun to be around anyway. But everyone was so wonderful. And yeah. there was lots of chat in terms of, well, if you're going to be at this one, let us know and swapping numbers. And yeah, we'll give the podcast a listen to. And yeah. Really supportive. And I, I, yeah, it's wonderful to be part of the Eurovision family yeah. in that sense. Yeah. So thank you so much to anyone we met and yeah. anyone who's, who was there and listens now thank you so much uh, to you as well um, we're going to resume uh, normal podcasting uh, on this Thursday so be sure to listen in then yeah no we're going to have a normal episode this Thursday so listen to that and then back to normal for the foreseeable yeah. and then as soon as we start getting closer to Eurovision again oh I think we'll change things up and we'll have to start yeah, and really we'll just get really awful yeah. and screechy yeah. but um, thank you so much thank you and goodbye Bye. Bye.